With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete the message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you talking about? Welcome back, everybody, to Episode 7 of the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. I am Tomer Zarli, our uh, Clippers reporter. I'm here with, once again, our Lakers reporter, Ryan Ward. Hello. And uh, our other Lakers reporter, Bob Garcia, numero quattro. That is correct. Yeah, and uh, we have got an offseason here for both the Lakers and Clippers, but neither team can really stay out of the limelight, especially the Lakers. Um, let's start off with one thing that we saw last couple of days Anthony Davis's uh you know preferred destinations have been you know publicly noted for a while but he renewed them via Shams Sharania of the Athletic according to Shams Davis has preferred to go to the Knicks the Lakers or the Clippers those are the three teams that he listed as his preferred destinations Boston the Boston Celtics are not included in that destination uh list Neither are the Brooklyn Nets. So, uh, what do you guys make of that? Who do you think has the best package uh, for Davis? Is it the Lakers, the Knicks, or the Clippers? Or is it another team you think that just will soup out of nowhere? What do you, you think is going to happen with that? What's the point of a destination list for a player? Like a team is just going to bend over backwards to send him where he wants to go? It's to let teams know exactly where he shouldn't be sent. Where he shouldn't be sent? Yeah, you know, like when a, when a player says, I want to go here, you never trade that player there. No, I, I understand why <laughs> he's doing it, but why the hell would a team be like, oh, okay, that's where you want to go? Oh, sure. We'll figure it out, bud. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sit back. Have a glass of wine with LeBron because that's probably where you're going to end up, right? On the shop, yeah. Yeah, because that's nice and cozy in L.A. with his security guards or whatever the hell's at his house. Um, I just don't. I don't believe any of this stuff when, when they say, you know, preferred destinations and like that's going to narrow it down for the Pelicans. Like all we've heard is just like the, the Pelicans front office being pissed off exactly the same way the Indiana Pacers were with Paul George. I don't think he's coming here to either L.A. team. Well, unless Clippers just blow them away with something. But I think it's more so just that – the Lakers have have always been his 
destination that he wants to go to. It, it's, it's like, it's no secret. I mean, it's where he wants to be. The other two teams, I mean, it's look at it. They're major markets. I mean, that that's, I think that's where I can take away from it. Um, as far as a trade being happening, happening to him going to the Lakers or Knicks or Clippers. Uh, I mean, I would think the Lakers have the best offer to give, you know, as far as talent and draft picks. Um, but I mean, again, it's different management this time around. You don't have Dell Demps there. You have David Griffin, who's who's been uh, on the record before he took the job that he likes Brandon Ingram and he likes the other young pieces the Lakers have. So I mean, it's a starting point. But like you said, I mean, it's 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 hard to see that happening at this point, given what has transpired beforehand. Yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry. Go for it. Just take a second and then go for it. No, you go ahead. I insist. Well, the thing with the Lakers, I feel like... I'm going to restart that shit. The thing is, I, I think that, you know, the Lakers... I'm going to be honest. I don't think the Lakers have the best offer. Um, I do think they have the best offer because they have players they'd be willing to part with but like i think the clippers have a very intriguing um like tool you know chest of of assets that the pelicans would love to have i just don't think the, the clippers are going to get you know part with any of them you know they're not parting with either of their rookies um i i don't see them parting with any any other guys uh, maybe the future pick that they have uh to get ad um it's just tough to see because I, I I really don't think they'd be willing to part with Shea Gildas Alexander or Landry Shamit. Um and why, once those are on the table, I mean he's a superstar. Uh, it, it also it depends on what happens in free agency. Like if they strike out in free agency, if Kawhi stays, if KD doesn't choose to go there, then yeah, I could see them trying to pull a trade for AD. But what um, what if they can get him first as a way to draw another guy? That's fair. It's possible. It's possible. I just. I'm just I just know they think very highly of Shea, like incredibly highly, and he's a special kid. Um again, Anthony Davis is a generational talent. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's just it's just hard, you know, like coming into the coming into like, you know, when Lonzo Ball was drafted, you know, people were saying, Oh, Lonzo Ball is gonna be this, Lonzo Ball is gonna be that. And it was really hard to part with him. Um, you know, granted he didn't turn out into what many people thought he would be, but he still has time to turn into that. Um, I just think Shea has shown, shown so many flashes that, you know, even Clippers management, Clippers fans have been like, this guy's going to be a stud. And I guess you, you, you might pull that trade if you have a commitment from Davis that he's going to stay long-term. Um, you know, if, if he, if he says, okay, I'll sign an extension or I'll sign the deal, you know, once free agency comes up, um, then maybe you consider it. Yeah. It's just, it's risky. It's, it's, Everything could be a rental. He could even be a rental for the Lakers if something crazy goes down and he has a big argument with someone and they don't agree. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He's a rental until he signs that new deal. So it's just it's hard to definitively say I want to give up this promising, promising young guy and a bunch of assets for a guy who realistically could leave after a year. It's hard. Who would the Clippers? Yeah, but that's, who, sorry, Brian. But who, who would the Clippers? I have my hand up. I have my hand up. <laughs> I have my hand up. Go ahead. He does have Thank his hand you. up. Thank you for the floor. Thank you for the floor. It's a risk no matter what, man. 
That's, I mean, no matter what move you make in the NBA or any sport for that matter, everything's a risk. You don't, you never know. I, I mean, I would say, especially in this NBA, because players are jumping teams or they could start jumping teams like once every three or four years. You know, there's, there's no like long term. You're not going to get a Dirk Nowitzki again. You're not going to get a Kobe Bryant again or a Tim Duncan. Like those guys are those kind of players that stay around for their entire careers. It's not going to happen anymore. No more. I was going to say D Wade, but he bounced around a little bit, didn't he? In the end, yeah, because um, Pat Riley was when Pat Riley wasn't willing to pay him. But yeah, yeah, but I just I just don't see that anymore. I think this is the way it's going to be. This the way the players are just going to. This is where I want to go, or at least for the time being. And um, I want I want to see if I can get there. And then a team like the Clippers, I, I think you got to jump at it because. Look at their history. Like, how many times have they had this opportunity outside yeah, of that's Chris Paul? That's true. Right? That's true. They have not been able to lure big time free agents here in the past. So, I guess, I guess from that st- standpoint, you are right. You got to jump at the opportunity to get a superstar here. Um, it's just you just never know. You just and Rich Paul. I mean, you know, all credit to him. It's just it's a little it's a little sneaky. It's a little weird with with Rich Paul. It's a little it's a little different. You know, you just you don't you don't know because I think you know that whole trade request thing with the Pelicans completely backfired on them. Totally. They thought they'd have a trade, and it just backfired on them, on them completely. Um, yeah. So just it's it, it's a sneaky business, you know. We've seen a lot of players over the last couple of weeks say, "Oh, there's some snakes in the industry." Blah blah blah. Um. But you might be right. It might, it might be a risk that a team just has to take, and uh, just like the Raptors did with Kawhi, just like the Thunder did with Paul George. Exactly. It might. It might just be a risk they need to take. Yeah, I just. I just. I don't see why not. I mean, what's? Why not? <laughs> You're in LA. You got a guy who wants to come here over the Lakers, which doesn't happen ever. Well, at least now that might start happening more often, but. Uh, just do it. Pull the trigger. See what happens. You got Jerry West, the guy who could close the deal. So why not? I just think that at this point, like, you, if they want to take the next step, they're gonna have to make moves like this. If he's, if it's there, and it's not just this year that you should be thinking about. If you have him, let's say he commits beyond this season, next season, then you have someone that you can pitch to other free agents in the future, or maybe even make trades you know to build around him if if that scenario pops up again so i I just think that given the clippers inability you know in the past to get big name players you know let alone as free agents to come uh, you know more than just a, a meeting with them it's it's something that they should truly consider if i think i think the only time only way that they will do that kind of trade is if he were to commit beyond you know this next season because that's how Tomer said it. it. Just it's the risk of him leaving, and then they give up those young guys or whoever they give up, and they have to rebuild again. So I, I agree that they should make this this trade if it's there, but I don't see them pulling the trigger unless they know that he'll be there beyond next season. I would say this this one thing though: they they could be in a or a difficult situation. I mean, in, in a good way. In terms of maybe they know Kawhi's coming. Maybe they know there's a really good chance he's coming. And they're like, okay, do we feel more confident in having Kawhi come? He wants to be here for a long time. We've got these young kids. 
We know that just with Kawhi, from what we can see from Toronto, we've got a really good team, and we ride with that. And there's no problems. There's no Rich Pauls in the building. There's, you know, it's a good playoff team. Or do we get Anthony Davis and we go for the major grand slam, right? Get Kawhi and build something huge. Maybe they're thinking go smaller rather than the big, big picture, right? Or I don't know. They're in a really good position. It, it just it makes it, the Lakers look that much worse when you have all those things going for you right now and young good play, or good young players. Not saying the Lakers don't have good young players because they do, but yeah. Ryan just said the Lakers don't have good young players. If you guys didn't hear that, he said it clearly. <laughs> you know what? I'm already gonna get shit. I'm already gonna get shit because people <laughs> are gonna be like, some guy told me the other day, like I'm a low key Clippers fan. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just telling you the way. Whoa, it is. Who said that? I need to talk to that guy. <laughs> I don't know. It was either some guy on Instagram or Twitter, one or the other, some dickhead who thought he was smart. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I just think they're in a good situation. And if you don't see that, you're, you're blind. You're not looking. Hey, it's 8 o'clock. For everybody that knows, we're taping this at 8 o'clock. <laughs> because Bob insists having his computer remind him of what hour it is every did, hour. Did he just do it? Yeah. 8 oh, o'clock. I, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Um, well, two guys who, I mean, I think everyone knows is, is I think two of the bigger, uh, sort of wild cards, um, Jimmy Butler, um, and Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi is just, no one knows what Kawhi is going to do, but like, I just, you know, there's reports that he bought a house in Toronto, bought property in Toronto recently, but that was reported the old news. I know he just bought, he, he just bought a $13 million mansion in San Diego. About two hours away from LA. Like, do you so buy does it, like, does it matter? Mansion? Yeah, like if you bought one here already, what's the difference? Well, I hear that I Toronto I real estate. It. I hear that Toronto real estate is a very good investment to make. But it just you know, if you're buying a thirteen million dollar mansion in San Diego, you know, when months before you're about to hit free agency, you know, two hours away from the team you're rumored to join, I just. I mean, yeah, teams, players spend their time in the offseason at, at homes and big markets where they, they prefer, but I don't know. It just sounds uh, it just sounds too good to be true. Just it's a little weird. Well, how quick these, these athletes put their houses on the, the market anyway? I mean, and the, the amount of money they, they make, like, does it really matter what they buy, where? You know, I thought, didn't, uh, did you already say that Jimmy Butler bought one in Philly? Uh, was that rumor. was rumored that he was looking yeah. uh, for property a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Yeah, like what the hell? I mean, these guys got they got houses and vacation homes all over the place. Like, and everyone lives in LA in the off season. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Now, right? once, so, I once saw I once saw Andre Iguodala at like the Sports Authority on like off Ventura, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah, they just everyone lives there. Magic Johnson, I heard, goes there often. Or this is a couple of years back. I don't know if he still does, but. You think uh, that these guys get free clothes, like athletic clothes, right? Like whenever they want. Yeah. Or maybe it's because it's like team apparel, right? And maybe they went for their kid who wants to, you know, to buy something for a little league game or a, a you know kids basketball game. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know what that life is like. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler and Kawhi, two guys who you know, like Jimmy, for example. Um, 
just has been linked to the Lakers as you know if the Lakers offered him a max he'd 100% go uh, but also he's very interested in returning to the Sixers if they give him the fifth year um, just what do you think happens to Jimmy is it is Jimmy a guy the Lakers would want would you want him on your team I'd I'd love to have Jimmy on my really? on my team right well because I he's well you know I'm an old school guy right I, I like the kind of you know in your face type of guy a, a greedy dude who who God forbid plays fucking defense right <laughs> in you know, today's nba in today's nba what a concept um yeah so i i love him i, I love jimmy butler i mean people say he's a pain in the ass around all the timberwolves stuff and stuff that even happened in chicago but i i don't really believe any of that crap i just think he he has an old school approach and some of the young guys got a little flustered because of it you know like yeah, he told them to play defense. Like, come on! If there's two parts of the game, man, and you don't pay the other end, like you deserve to get yelled at. And I well, let's. Go ahead, I, I just take a I second. Just, okay. No, I just think that that Jimmy is a. I think he's on Lakers radar, and I think the report was like if the Lakers offered him the max, that he'd jump at it to join them. Some, some, some in that regards, but yeah, like Ryan said, I mean, he's he's a guy who does on both ends of the floor. And you would presume that he'd work up well off of LeBron, given that he's already played with you know another superstar in Joel, and he's played with a bunch of guys who score, you know, shooters as far as like Tobias or uh, like JJ. You know, he's he's played with those kind that kind of uh, game plan, and not just in Philly, but you know, he's he's has experience, and I mean, he yes, he's older a little older than the other guys that are on the market that teams would prefer to have. But I feel that Jimmy would be the one guy that they would target if, let's say, they knew, hey, we're not getting Kawhi. You know, we're not getting Kevin Durant. And, you know, maybe we're not even going to have a chance at, you know, Kyrie if, let's say, he were to be interested, were to be an option. So, um, I know I I would – I could see – I wouldn't be disappointed if they got him. I, I think he's – you know he's he's a super, he's a star. Maybe he's not a top elite superstar, but he's a proven player, and you can depend on him. And especially in the playoffs, as he's shown. So I think you know he's he'd be a good addition for the team if they were to go after him. All right. So let me let me ask this: If you guys were to pick, you know, were to just you know write out or picture out the the Lakers' perfect off season, what would it what would it be? Perfect off season can go as best as possible. What would it be? That's tough. Um, how about no drama? <laughs> impossible. That yeah, wasn't on the list. Impossible. Yeah, that's not on the list. God forbid. Um, I honestly, I think I've said this before. I, Kawhi is the best player that I think you could put next to LeBron because he takes that load off of LeBron on the other the other end of the court, and and he can you know, if LeBron starts to decline a bit, say offensively. You got Kawhi, who obviously can do that, can be that leader on both sides of the floor. So I, I think he'd be great. And then you know you you add some shooters uh, next to those guys, and maybe some defensive or players that uh, excel defensively. Um, but I think if they got Kawhi, that would be the biggest home run for this team possible. But I think if you get Jimmy Butler, you got to get another guy. Another guy aside from aside from uh, LeBron, like LeBron, Jimmy, and Arnold left. 
Yeah, I think you need another guy to, to kind of – maybe Kuzma's that guy, though. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Interesting. It's just, I honestly, when I look at the team and I look at the situation and all the stuff that's going on and all the the odds of players coming, uh, it's just, I, I really don't know what the best situation is because you would have thought, you know, a year ago, oh, they got LeBron and they got all these young guys and they got a smart young head coach and uh, Luke Walton. They're on the right path. And look where we are now. It's just, it's just, it's just things that you don't expect to go to shit, go to shit. <laughs> In this league, and especially with a team that, that's so uh, so in the headlines every day with something, anything, and it's all negative these days. It's I've never seen such a drastic turn from positivity to negativity with this team ever in the span of that's the year. <laughs> what, eight months. Yeah, like it's just insane. So that, that makes me think like even if you did hit it out of the park, there's still a chance it could go to shit quick. But like we've said before, you know, winning cures all. So these guys get on, get on it, you know, early, and they keep on it, and they they you know they can avoid getting injured. They should have a good season. But in terms of who comes and who goes, I just I'm exhausted right now just thinking about it. Honestly, as, as for me, I would say I would say for for me, I, I would have to agree with Ryan that Kawhi would be the guy that above all else you'd want. Given that he's, you know, he's already proven he can lead a team, you know, deep in the playoffs, and he's already shown that, like, you know, he plays both ends, and he's, you know, former Defensive Player of the Year for a reason. And I think getting him, and then, you know, yeah, shooters and big men who can actually rebound, because that's been their issue over the last couple of years, is they they haven't moved across the glass like they should. Um, but as far as uh, after that, I would say, oh man, it's tough. It is a tough one after that. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be disappointed with Jimmy. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, Kyrie would be interesting, but it wouldn't. I don't think it'd take him to the point where they're competing for a championship. You mean LeBron, Jimmy, and Kyrie no, 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 would not no, no, take no. him to the point where we're winning a championship? I mean, meaning LeBron and then. Kyrie, if they didn't get oh, Jimmy, just yeah. one. Okay, okay, because they don't Got have it. the two max slots right now. Maybe, yes, they can make trades. I was going to say, there's no way to yeah. afford that. Like I've seen yeah. that on social media. I'm like, what are you uh, talking yeah, one about? Are, like, one of the well, if they if they trade if they trade their young guys for AD, yeah. they open up and then they still have enough space, I believe, for a max player and then a bunch of and then and then probably like a bunch of minimum salary yeah, guys. Then that would be a dream summer where it'd be three two two max slots where it'd be, you know, let's say guy the dream summer would probably be, you know, LeBron he'd have three stars with LeBron. <laughs> this is not gonna happen. I don't think it will, but LeBron AD yeah, it wouldn't happen. But like I could see LeBron yeah. LeBron and another star. That I can certainly see. I just can't see beyond that at this point you know yes it could happen but it's just given like what ryan said all that's transpired the last you know eight months it's like it's hard to believe anything happening at this point because they've been so dysfunctional and it's been so public you know and, and so yeah, crazy like years past. <laughs> just so crazy so i mean it's just you know like the biggest thing you know under mitch kupchik was them not talking about basketball and the meeting with the marcus aldridge that was the biggest thing Right. Being like, well, why did they do that? Or, you know, going after Mozgov or Luau Deng. Like, that, those were the big problems. 
or you know striking on free free agency it wasn't more so like oh they're they're not running the they're not running uh things right internally it, it was just more so they couldn't land people now it's just everything so that's a great point actually i didn't even think of that but that makes a hell of a lot of sense i remember people were trash in the lakers for the whole way the aldridge thing went and even when carmelo like you know blew mm -hmm. them off after after that video production or whatever they have how they had yeah. for him right um but man this is so much worse than that when you think about it like it's just so many other things went wrong on top of you know missing out or like the whole ad trade rumor crap that just went wrong it's just it's just so much worse but it does put it in perspective how things are totally inflated yeah. in la just blown way out of so, proportion so tomer as far as the clippers what would be their ideal offseason aside from Kawhi, obviously but <laughs> well no i mean Kawhi's not a good yeah. so well, i'm just saying you that gotta get, you gotta get Kawhi. Um, you got to get Kawhi first of all. Uh, I would say, I would say a Kawhi Kevin Durant um, free agency acquisition would be very ideal. That'd be that'd be more than enough for the Clippers. Um, and then I think you need to re-sign uh, your guys, Patrick Beverly, uh, Michael Green, uh, Ivica Zubac. They may have priced themselves out of a few of those mm -hmm. guys. But uh, Patrick Beverly's must must keep. Like it's, he's the culture setting guy who will make you know who probably made free agents want to come here in the first place. He helped anyways. Um, so he's a guy you've got to keep for sure. Uh, so I think it'll be Kawhi KD because um, they co they complement each other very well. They're both incredible two way players. KD's shown that he can do it on the defensive end as well. Uh, if you can get those two. Unfortunately, if you get if you get commitments from those two, uh, you're gonna have to probably trade. You're gonna have to trade Gallinari. You're gonna have to. It's not probably. You're gonna have to trade Gallinari. Um, he's a great guy, great basketball player. But I mean, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard are one of a kind, two of a kind actually. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna have to get get rid of Gallinari, trade Gallinari, try to get no salary back, and then get. Uh, KD Kawhi probably re-sign Beverly and then go from there. Probably sign a bunch of vets here and there. Uh, but you got Lou Williams already on the team, Montrezl Harrell already on the team. Um, that's a that's a that's a squad. That's a really good team right there. Um, you got Landry Shamit, Jay Gildas Alexander already on the team. Uh, you you have a pretty good squad if you can get Kawhi and KD this summer uh, and keep Pat Beverly and probably Zubats or Jermichael Green. Yeah. Do you think? Having KD, I had my hand up. I had my hand up, Bob. <laughs> uh, KD and Kawhi together would be too much, too much of um, guys that are super sensitive and basically hate the media at this point. Um, that's interesting. I don't think it would. Clippers have always sort of stayed out of out of the out of the limelight. Uh, most yeah, of it that would change. Most of it hasn't been by choice. Um, but especially during the Blake, I guess during the Blake CP era, it was pretty uh, popular. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think it'd be an issue. I think they're two guys who complement each other well. Both both know what they'd have to do. They'd have to 
come in, go to work, and lead this franchise to his first ever conference finals before they can get him to a first ever finals, and then hopefully first ever championship. I don't think the the whole media thing will affect them. Um, KD, I think, might get a lot of um, might gain a lot of respect for a move like that. You know, going to a team that hasn't won anything ever, not even made a conference <laughs> finals, um, leaving the team that he's that he's been on for the last three or four years, whatever it is, three years. Um, having it, I mean, I don't want to say it's been easy, but you know, having that team has been it's been they've been pretty overpowered. <laughs> Um, so I think I think he'd gain a lot of respect, and some of the the media would fall off his back um, if he chose to come here. Kawhi, this is this would be home for Kawhi. He'd get to spend a lot of time with family in addition to playing for a team that's not exactly the main uh, team in the limelight here in LA. Uh, so I think I think both would be perfect. I don't think either would have a, an issue with uh, with media or something like that at all. Oh no, you you just hate that having the the, the option of interviewing KD or Kyrie after a game, huh? That'd be awful. I would I would I would despise it. <laughs> yeah, be terrible. Despise it. Can't stand it. Um but one of the thing I mean, did you guys see the uh Doc Rivers tampering thing the other day? He was hit with a 50 well, the Clippers were hit with a $50,000 fine. Uh because Doc Rivers joined he was invited onto Stephen A Smith's show this finals preview special and said they, they brought up Kawhi Leonard, obviously one of the top, probably the two, one of the two best players in the series. And doc said, he's the closest, closest to Jordan that we've ever seen. And, <laughs> and Lakers fans scream tampering. I'll let you finish. No, And they should have, because it's about time. Somebody else gets friggin' fine for tampering. <laughs> Well, he's I mean, they scream tampering, they scream tampering, a day or two goes by, and then boom, NBA hits uh, the Clippers with a $50,000 tampering fine. I, uh, to be honest, said. I think the way they, they get fined for just mentioning players and maybe just praising them a little bit is it's ridiculous. Like, come on, man. How is that tampering? He's just, just an observation on the show, which they're giving observations and opinions. That's That's it. He was, I mean, invited, maybe, he was invited onto the show. I mean, what is he supposed exactly. to do? Not speak about one of the two best players? Like, I mean, the two best players in this series are free agents. Uh, this I season. don't know. How, he, how can he talk about players at all if he goes on that show? If, that, if that's should, the rule, yes. Yeah. I, that's, and the whole Kawhi, MJ thing, it's a bit of a stretch there, Doc. Just a little bit of a stretch. You don't think Kawhi is the closest thing we've seen to Jordan? Yeah, Kobe Bryant is the closest thing we've Ryan seen to there. Jordan. Who? I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm going home. Um, no, I just, honestly, I mean, Kawhi is, he's incredible, but um, not there yet, buddy. Not there, not, not Jordan status just yet. I mean, he's similar, but not, not Kobe. Well, he's, he said, he said closest to, and that he's, especially this post, no, the way he's he dominated that, both like, ends. He made that like a like a statement, like it, like saying that no one has ever gotten to that level before. That I mean, he didn't even mention anybody else. He didn't say LeBron. He didn't say. Well, thank God he didn't say LeBron. Um, you would have lost your did. mind. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have lost my mind. Uh, but he did say, or he didn't say Kobe, and I was like, what? Really? I mean, just this day and age, 
pisses me off when it comes to this kind of – and people might say, oh, I'm like, uh, get off my lawn, whatever. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck you. That about me, whatever. Fuck you. I, I don't need you. It's, it's just like you come open your eyes, man. Like it's always like if a guy has one good game, all of a sudden he is the best thing since sliced well, well, bread. Right? Kawhi's had a terrific postseason run. Let's not discredit no, him. Had. But I will say that the closest thing to Jordan thing, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a stretch. But yeah. look, Doc's probably doing a little bit of a little bit of a work here, working free agency, you know. Doc got torched by Jordan back in the day. That's probably not untrue, but yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just I get a little annoyed with with how quickly people jump on this kind of stuff without letting him build up for another five years, and then you can start having that conversation. The closest thing to Jordan. I think yeah, I it's just more so just pandering towards Kawhi. It's well, yeah. I mean, think so? it, 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 he that. had to know that he was going to get fined, like if for comments like that. Like you can't be that naive and not anticipate some kind of negative pushback. And well, he was sitting across for somebody who's super naive when it comes well, to that kind of stuff. Magic definitely would have said that without thinking there's any kind of repercussion. Magic doesn't regret anything, as you heard him say on first take, what about a month ago? So, (laughs) well, I would I would regret anything either if I could just quit after you know after I said something. I didn't care. Like like I'm about to quit this podcast right now. Relax. I just asked who's Kobe (laughs) Bryant. Uh, well, Kawhi, Kawhi did hear. Uh, Kawhi was asked about the uh, Doc Rivers comments. He said, uh, "I didn't even know about that. Wouldn't you feel bad? He got fined because of that." So even he agrees that that's not tampering. But maybe that's just him pandering to his future coach. Yeah, uh? <laughs> you know, I don't think he thinks like that, though. Honestly, I think Kawhi's totally shut off when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I think so as well. I think he's locked in. That's one playoff. thing I actually admire about that kid. I think he's. He's locked in. He just loves playing basketball. He doesn't care about anything else outside of it. Kind of you know, anti-LeBron <laughs> in that way. Oh, okay. A subtle shot, but whatever. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I don't understand the whole tampering thing because you know the NBA knew that Doc Rivers was going to be on that show. Stephen A. and ESPN marketed it. They let everyone on advance. They made commercials about it and all this stuff. And the only way it would make sense is if they reached out to him beforehand, before he went on, and say, "Hey, look, be careful what you say, because there's a chance we'll, we'll we'll hit you with a fine if you say something wrong about a player or something that we construe as tampering." Well, they or like, why don't they have these guys sign a waiver or something where they say they can't say this or that? Like, just something where it's like. So they don't get stuck in this position. I know fifty grand ain't much for him. Twenty five. Is it fifty or twenty five? Well, it's fifty. Fifty grand to the team, though, not to him specifically. Oh, okay, but still, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> not a good look, right? Yeah, I know. But like Adam Silver, after said, "Oh, you know, Doc crossed the line. He knew exactly what I was doing." But it's interesting because I, I spoke to um, you know one of the Clippers PR guys after after he went on. He we you know. We talked about the whole, hey, how do you like walk that tampering line? And he was like, I think we did a good job of it. Like, I think, you know, you, you, we did the best we possibly could without, you know, no free agency questions were asked. Um, we avoided anything like that. We just talked about the players that are playing, um, you know, how good they are and, and just, you know, 
NBA Finals. We talked about the NBA Finals. It was like a sit down. We talked about the NBA Finals. Um, so I'm I, I'm pretty sure they were shocked to also hear the news that they were that they were fined. I I, I didn't see it coming, but well, I mean, it, you know, I think the NBA is really scared about setting precedents too, right? Like, say if they if they just let things go, like like what Doc did, is the next thing going to be you know Danny Ainge going on the show and saying something about AD or you know what I mean? Like they don't want to open the floodgates and all of a sudden everything's free game or it just gets a little bit less strict. So I don't know. NBA is weird that way. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I have to agree with you a bit on that, that they don't want to really want to set a precedent, but I, it just, it seems to be all over the place right now. Uh, so nice. when I got a lot of, a lot of things getting agreed with. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for once. Um, well, just going to close out with this real quick. The Lakers made a couple of hirings. Uh, well, a couple. They hired Lionel Hollins, uh, former Memphis Grizzlies coach, as one of their assistants. Um, the news came out that Jason Kidd is going to be the highest paid assistant coach uh, ever. Why? Why would or you Or as Tamir said, the lowest paid head coach, right? Uh, I, yeah, I said the lowest paid next head coach is what I said. That's yeah. good. That's good. I haven't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Bob talked about this before the pod, and I was like, oh, he's probably just the lowest paid next coach. So That's good, man. What do you um, think of the hiring? Saying, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why you need so many guys that are probably looking for a head coaching job anyway, right? So and then what? Jeff Hornacek? Did you mention Jeff Hornacek? Jeff Hornacek was uh, interviewed, I believe, or considered to be interested in in a position there as well. He's a former Knicks and Suns coach. Well, if that's true, I mean, you got three former head coaches underneath a head coach who hasn't had a job in what two years? Uh, it's been about a year and a half, two years. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure for one. I mean, which could go <laughs> really wrong. Um, and for two, I mean, like, like I've told you guys, the too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Like, you got too many guys who have their own set way of doing things, and they're all going to try and figure it out in a dysfunctional situation already. That just doesn't seem like the right way to go, right? Like, it just it's it's got chaos written all over it. I mean, you got four guys who could be like doing their own or having their own plan on the side, or what if? You know, this guy is like gets offered to for a job to go elsewhere. He's gone in a year or six months or or whatever. Like it just it just that doesn't seem cohesive. It seems splintered already <laughs> before it even begins. Yeah, it just it's a situation where it's just there's it's it doesn't seem like it's going to be a coaching staff that's going to last long by any means. Like, like you said, there could be yeah. – this could be this their chance for each of these coaches to get back in the league in general. You know, maybe they didn't have the opportunity elsewhere. You know, Jason Kidd for, for sure. And, you know, you have – you know, Hornacek is – or Hornacek, he's – he hasn't been – what he was almost two years and he hasn't had an assistant job anywhere. So this is just their chance maybe just to get back in the league and put their name back in the mix for other jobs. Maybe elsewhere, you know. Maybe you know after this after next season. So, um, you know, it's it's still we still got to see how this works out. You know, as far as how their all their minds work together. You know, how that's going to work out as far as game plan on both ends of the court. And like you said, it just it just seems kind of odd that it's three former head coaches that are under him. Like I, I don't think I've heard of, heard of that anywhere 
or any other, any other team where <laughs> Never. three former head coaches that, you know, you could say, you know, all three of them, maybe not – I think a lot of Hollands too, right? Their last job were, were head coaches. They weren't assistant coaches anywhere. So it's – Well, look, I, I will I will add, though, to that, that um, of these coaches, um, Frank Vogel's probably been the most successful. Um, Lionel Hollands had some good years in Memphis, but never really got them over the top. Uh, I guess Frank really hasn't either, but he coached a really, really successful – Pacers team that, let's face it, they lost because they went up against LeBron, you know? If they didn't go up against LeBron, maybe they reached the finals, you know? Uh, they had a really good squad. They had Paul George on that team, George Hill, David West, Roy Hibbert, uh, Danny Granger after his injury. So they could have made the finals. They just had to go through LeBron, and that was hard. Um, so I think that I think that Frank Vogel is the most successful one. Lionel Hollins has been okay. Jeff Hornacek has not been great as a head coach, and maybe that's just because he's coached really shitty teams like the Suns and Knicks. Um, that could be a part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. But um, and then we have Jason Kidd, who um, I don't even hit me while holding a cup, so I can free time out. I just don't even. You know, he's also he's also a guy who's like, hey, don't don't you know what was he saying? Like, don't be around a three point shooter. Um, when he's when you when you're up four, he's like, uh, oh no no sorry sorry. It was when you're up four. He said, I prefer you guys to foul. He told Chris Middleton, I believe. He told him to foul so that the team doesn't give up the bucks. Don't give up a four point play. He said uh-huh. foul so we don't like. How does that make sense? I just don't understand it. Like, like just let them shoot the three. Just leave them alone. But that, you know, just just stuff like that. It's just like you know, these coaches are—they're not the best coaches. So maybe they're better off fit. Maybe they're better off as assistants as opposed to head coaches. Um, from that aspect, so I think I think Vogel is the most successful of those for sure. Um, and I think maybe obviously they need to be given a chance. Vogel's staff and everyone needs to be given a chance. Um, but I, I forget who mentioned this, but it could be a case of where um, you know Vogel if he <laughs> if. If Vogel doesn't succeed doing well, hey, just slide down the bench. We'll move Jason Kidd up for this game or something like that. And hey, Jason, slide down. We'll move Lionel Hollins up for this game. You know? doesn't, doesn't that sound terrible? It, it <laughs> doesn't sound, that sound, sound horrific. really, really bad? It sounds horrific. But it was, it, it's a funny joke. If <laughs> with, the Warriors, with the Lakers team that has like three head coaching sort of candidates. So. Oh, man. So that's the only thing the Lakers are right now. They're a freaking punchline. It's a funny joke. Like it's – man, just – I am seriously tired. <laughs> I am seriously so tired. It's six years at, ever since I started covering this team, like in person, and it's been chaos. Progressive. One more month for you, Ryan, then you'll know what next season is going to be about. Yeah, but like, I that's not even the case. I mean, you could have said six months ago, <laughs> "Hey, the Lakers are in a good position." <laughs> right, like this. This is it. We're we're back, as fans would say at that time. Like, and six months later, it's like everything. It's like a it's like a natural disaster happened at El Segundo, right? Everything's just totally wiped out from magic on down. Like, oh man, I just I, I seriously hope something positive happens this summer because I'm so tired of talking about negative stuff. I really am. Well, you want to talk about negative stuff? I'll just throw this one in there. Paul Pierce went on the air today before the game, and he admitted the truth about the poop, uh, <laughs> about the wheelchair incident slash scandal. Paul Pierce revealed to everyone that he indeed 
needed to use the bathroom. And he probably shitted himself when he was in the wheelchair to be escorted to the back. That's the truth, truth. Yeah, that's the truth from the truth. Dude, what a clown. What a clown. Like, I don't know how – does that really – I mean, you faking a serious knee injury because you got to take a Are shit? You? Really? That's hilarious. That's incredible. Can you, just, can you just, like, signal to the bench? I mean, unless you got, like, shit dropping out of your shorts. I, I don't understand this at all. Oh, and yeah. he totally exaggerated everything. I – I couldn't. I respected that guy until that happened in the final. Wait a second, guys. With some breaking news from Paul Pierce's Twitter account, he tweeted out, "Sorry to bust y'all haters' bubbles, but the only shitting I did, June fifth, two thousand eight, was on the Lakers." Hashtag facts. Hashtag haters gonna hate. Dude, the guy just needs to shut up. He's, he just needs to shut up. He doesn't get yep. it. He's digging his own grave. I wouldn't be surprised the ESPN fires his ass after the finals. Like, this guy doesn't know shit, and he's talking about shit on TV. Like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, get a clue. Oh my god! Yeah, this is bad. Yeah, when I when I saw that, I I, I told Bob, I was like, Bob, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> Knee slapper right there. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Yeah, Better that was terrible. Optimus Prime joke last week. Whatever Should have put a cricket sound bite. <laughs> <for that>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bad, man. That is so bad. Well, sounds like we're wrapped for this episode. Um, you can follow Ryan Ward on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan Ward LA. Uh, you can follow Bob Garcia at B Garcia IV Sports on Twitter only. Do not follow him on God Instagram. Forbid, Absolutely not. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Thank you. You can you can follow me at Tomer Zarly on Twitter and Instagram. That's T O M E R A Z A R L Y. You can bug me all you want. Um, I've had a couple of Laker fans go to my DMs like, "Yo, what's the Lakers history? They suck." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." Um, this is Battle for LA Podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like, subscribe, leave us reviews. Tell us if you have questions you want to answer in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Peace. Yes. That was the most delayed vibe I've ever heard in my life. See ya.